A rich tradition. College football podcast is now live. Hello and welcome to a rich tradition college football podcast. I'm Spencer Van Horn. He's Robbie Stiltonpole. Two friends, one love, and that is college football. The regular season championship weekend is uh, obviously well wrapped up at this point. We're in the uh, coaching carousel, transfer portal, recruiting, and just ahead of bowl season season. So we've got four different seasons happening. Five, yeah, four different seasons happening right now. Robbo, how are you? Um, Spencer, I was fine. I was. You were fine, yeah. About, yeah, and, and about an hour ago. O'clock. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. About, about six o'clock. Well, actually, I got a text. Yeah, because I got a text about 5.30, about 5.45. And just Spencer, let's get into it. All right. So as of right now, Dylan Rayola is still committed. Number one, number one quarterback recruit, number one quarterback prospect that Georgia's had probably since Matt. No, it is number one quarterback prospect since Georgia, since, since uh, Matthew Stafford at Georgia. Uh, it, look, I want to, Oh, I'll say the positive here in a second. Um, he is, he is the reason why certain players are in this class for Georgia. Um, he is, uh, it, it seems that he is in lieu or he is going to be flipping to the university of Nebraska. Um, latest things that I've been told was, I mean, I was told to come on this show and say, go ahead and say that Rayola isn't going to be in this class. Um, so I guess that is probably the thing to do, but I will add some things that have been said to me since then. One, uh, Georgia has actually offered more money than Nebraska has, which is interesting because that's not always like that. That is not what many people would expect in this situation. Um, most people would expect that Georgia. I mean, I would, I assumed as well that Georgia was being outbid in this situation, but it does seem that the, the other assumption was that he will be uh, able to play sooner at Georgia because the expectation is that Carson Beck will be coming back this year. And then you've got uh, Gunnar Stockton and also, well, the other positive is Ryan Puglisi, who is also an Elite 11 finalist that people just kind of don't pay attention to or ignore. Um, but Spencer, like it also, like rail, the latest on rail is that he's taking a trip to Lincoln, Nebraska this weekend. Um, a flip, uh, a flip is, is expected, but the, the, the part about this that I don't understand and and what you know will come out, I guess, in the in the coming days, is that the Rayola family has not said a word. Dylan has not said a word. Mom and Dad have not said a word. This has all been through recruiting sources. Um, and and the the weird part is that just three days ago, uh, Dylan was hosting. Uh, him and his family were hosting KJ Bolden and their family as he was trying to recruit them to UGA. So, uh, react. I'm sorry, I, that was so long winded, but I just kind of wanted to get it all out there. Yeah, so obviously it's you just never can really. I've never really had a easy time. You follow recruiting a lot more enthusiastically than I can, mm-hmm. just because I get I get hung up on things like this that just make me think, who cares if these kids are committing in twenty twenty three for the twenty twenty five class mm-hmm. or. 
you know, it's not that it who's cares because there's a reason everybody there's a reason CBS is pumping so much money into 247 and why they're you know, there's a reason for it. But at the same time, I just I get hung up on these are 18 year olds, 17 year olds, 16 year olds in some cases. You know, what can you do? You know, minds change. Different information comes along. What can you do? Ah, I just I so this is one of the reasons I tend to not just stay away, but also temper my expectations when a guy commits so far out. When he committed, it was kind of like, okay, great, this is nice. But we <laughs> we still got a long time before he puts pen to paper. And it's not just a Dylan Rayola thing. That obviously is the case for everybody at whatever school. So I've always tempered my expectations with big signings until it's, you know, the time to do the, do the deed. Um, but this one was kind of like the dang, you know, is he's playing in Georgia. Now he came all the way over from other high schools in Arizona and such. And he's here, he's getting an opportunity, uh, in the state playing at a place called Buford. And, you know, you just, it's sort of disappointed to think here's this big time recruit and you kind of get excited about him coming. And now he's not there. And the part that frustrates me the most, and why even, why commit if you're taking other visits? If you knew Nebraska, and maybe you didn't, but maybe you get kind of always, I would imagine Nebraska was somewhere in the, hey, we're going to take a visit to Nebraska. Uncle's over there. Dad played there. We're going to take a trip which you've probably already been over there, but we're going to give them a shot. We're going to go and see. So I sometimes just don't get the whole commit and then take trips. Why commit if you're still going to take trips? I would just rather you not yeah. commit. Just take your trips and I, keep taking them. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll just say this. Like I Normally, I don't mind it because like, these kids being D, you know being potential d1 athletes they're given they're given you know five five official visits where they get a free trip to these schools and they get spoiled rightly with all the you know Absolutely. they get spo- spoiled with all that and and like i don't know i i can understand i can understand that being appealing right right and um, that's why i say don't commit yeah, yeah so no, no, why I, I, when you I still agree. have four four official visits left go go ahead and, and you no, know, I was just going to add this. I like. I also, I, I need to, uh, and, and I, I am victim of this as well too. Nothing has been announced yet, and getting mad at an eighteen-year-old is still ridiculous right. for people. Yeah. Like, like I'm, I'm frustrated with the situation. I'm frustrated with the culture in which college football is in right now. Um. But that doesn't mean I'm mad at Dylan Rayola, who's eighteen-year-old kid that I don't know. Right. Um. I, I, I think that it could negatively affect this class as a whole, which is the number one recruiting class in the country at the moment. Um, so like we will obviously, um, we we will obviously reach out, uh, or I'm sorry, we will obviously react and and continue to react to this as uh as it goes on. But Spencer, I I kind of want to just step away from Dylan for a second and, and kind of talk about a. A considerable, uh, how do I put this? A considerable critique that we may want to have on Kirby Smart. And are are you are you ready for this? 
because I don't think you had on your on the docket. Let's criticize Kirby Smart. Um, because I, I, yeah, I, I a whole I, lot to criticize. Exactly, and so I'm going to be smart in this. I'm not. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to embellish anything or overreact. I, I. But I do. This is something that does need to be pointed out, especially if this happens and it looks like it's going to. Kirby's going to have the number one class in the country. And before I say this, um, I want to make sure I have this all correct. Um, okay, so Georgia is currently sitting on the number one class, correct? And uh, they have they have several five stars in this class. However, going through going through this, I, I am I'm looking at this. Oh, also, by the way, it's expected that if Dylan Rayola leaves his class, uh, Nitro Tuggle is is also going to leave this class, which is a four star wide receiver, uh, n- number fourteen rated wide receiver in the country. So of the let's just I'm just looking at the five stars and four stars of the five and four stars, the blue chip players that is in this class, uh, only only nine of those 23 are offensive players. The rest are defensive players. Kirby last class racked up racked up wide receivers in in that class. Um, Unfortunately, it seems that majority most of them most of them have left. At this point, um, they have, they have, you know, they've, they've transferred out. Um, Tyler Williams is expected to, it, it has transferred out. Anthony Evans is still on, uh, Zed Haynes, uh, four star. These are all four star wide receivers. He has, um, added, or he, he has, uh, entered the transfer portal. That, that is, that means that there is only one, one recruit or one wide receiver recruit from that class. And we, and Georgia took zero quarterbacks in the, in the last class, um, which was a decision that everyone seemed to agree with at the time. My, my point being is that Kirby has this number one class. uh, So many of them, so many of these blue chips are defensive players. And a lot of these skill players is, are not picking Georgia because Kirby has refused to pay money, pay big money to these elite skill guys but he will pay the money nil wise for these defensive players i don't think this is a straw man argument spencer but i i am i am starting to get a little concerned about the future of georgia's uh, of georgia's dominance if they can't if they can't get elite because it's not even just elite skill guys we're talking about elite offensive linemen too because people would be like, oh, well, we won two titles with sets of Bennett. Yeah, that's great. But we also had elite offensive line, and we had elite running backs, and we had Brock Bowers. None of which are going to be on this team in two years if things continue to go the way they're going. Do you have a reaction to that at all? Well, I was I was uh, thinking more along the lines of you know, the quarterback position and mm-hmm. still kind of not being able to secure and hang on to you know, a, a – top-notch kind of caliber quarterback. You know, Justin Fields getting away, not really maximizing, and maybe maybe Jake Fromm, maybe we did maximize him, but maybe we didn't. Either way, not hanging on to Justin Fields, and that being its own thing, but either way, still not being able to hang on there, and now not hanging on to Dylan Rayola. It's, you know, that part of it is, is yes, frustrating. Um, uh, now, the only thing, you, well, one of the things that's hard to 
it's hard, it's hard to accept is the idea that it wouldn't be offensive linemen. Yeah. I think I can handle Georgia's obviously proved that, you know, you can build something and win with an okay quarterback. Greg McElroy was an okay quarterback for that very first national championship team for Alabama. You can win. You can build something with around that kind of guy. Yeah. But like you said, it's going to take offensive linemen. You're going to need, you know, you're going to need those guys to be able uh, to only have to throw the ball 21 and a half times a game. You're going to, you're going to need a line. So from that standpoint, and I think it's fun to have receivers. And I think we get really caught up in uh, what Ohio state does with the receiver position and what some other places have done with the wide receiver position and all those things. But man, I mean, you got to believe if Kirby, if Kirby's willing to spend the money on the defense, you'd think he'd, he's not skimping on that offensive line on purpose. I wouldn't think. So yeah. that would be the most shocking yeah. well, part and, of, and, of everything and, and, you told me. And I do think the offensive line issue is that there are no elite offensive linemen in this current class. Like you may have one or two, but the, it, there's not like now. Now what Georgia did do did do in this class is get like they may be three stars, but they got big boys. Like we're talking like six five six six boys uh, on the offensive line. I just am worried, and what you just described a minute ago, Spencer, is we're we're talking about possibly like the the fear is going back to like a 2019 or 2020 Georgia that is has an elite defense and their offense is okay. Like it may not show next season, especially if the if if it's true. Like we're we're going to talk about transfers and and stuff like that. But just since we're here on the Georgia topic, you know, like there's a there's a good chance that Beck. Beck, Tate, Ratledge, uh, Javon Bullard, and Tyke Smith are all going to return next season. That is an incredible core group of guys. There's a world in which Lad McConkey returns, even though I don't think I, I, I personally don't think that's going to happen. But there's a world where this Georgia team next year will still be very good. But in two or three years, Spencer, uh, that's what I'm concerned about. Ryan Puglisi, again, I cannot reiterate. The kid is 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 a, is really good, and he's got a swagger to him that I like. And since I know we've talked about this before, like I I I find I want a freaking quarterback that has a bat, like who has an attitude or who is a little cocky. Like I want that. I finally want that in a quarterback. And we kind of got that with Stetson Bennett, but like I want a dude who's a like who's a baller and and has an attitude. I, I just I just think that it's something to look forward look, look to and just keep in the back of your mind is this Georgia team or is Kirby Smart being conservative off the field like he can be at times on the field with with how he's spending NIL money because if you go look at NIL rankings Georgia's in the top 15 in you know in in collectives but then whenever you look at you know, you look at how they're spending this out in recruiting and NIL, or I'm sorry, in transfer, majority of that money is getting spent on defensive players or or transfer portal guys or someone like Brock Bowers. Um, yep. I mean, it. as long as you can show me that good money is being spent on the offensive line and good money is being spent up front on the defensive line 
And sure, you're not going to hit on everybody because some people are just they need to go where they need to go. You know, if if Dylan Rayola finds, and I guess what I mean is, if Dylan Rayola finds his heart in Nebraska, then that's mm-hmm. where he needs to be. Because if he comes to Georgia, he's only going to be here for a little while before he says, you know what, this just isn't my thing. I need to go somewhere else, and then he transfers. So Dylan Rayola, go where your heart is, and at yeah. some point. You know, some of these offensive linemen that you can send good money to or defensive linemen that you can send good money to, sometimes their heart just isn't in Athens. And, okay, if they, if they can realize that, awesome. But, um, but yeah, I think if I, you yeah, can show me point. where Kirby's, Kirby's spending the money on the offensive line, defensive line, and we're bringing in the right people there, then I'll, I will swallow the quarterback and skill position stuff uh, a little easier knowing that college football, at least at one point, and maybe the shift is only for a little while, but yeah. at least right now, shifted back in the direction of big time defenses, smart, you know, capable quarterback play, and, you know, kind of running the football. You look around a lot of the rest of the country in some cases, and that's been a big deal. Alabama's been succeeding. In, in a similar fashion, Ohio State was very much in that in that way this year, and even um, uh, Michigan as well was there. So yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see how it how it shifts because it's going to shift again at some point. And can Kirby be ahead of it? Yeah, and and you know I, I will give Kirby credit on a couple of things when especially when it comes to NIL because I I, I don't I don't want to sit here and just sound like. Uh, you know the the world is ending because it's not. Georgia's won two national titles, went went twelve and zero, and lost by three points in a very complicated game. Right? Um, Kirby has Kirby has been willing to spend money, at least last year, on two very good, proven wide receivers. Right. Um, the problem I I was talking to my friend Cody about this. Uh, this afternoon, as we were talking, as we were talking about this, and you know, try- trying to trying to be trying to be positive, as you know, it is kind of hard in some regards um, in this. But Kirk Kirby has spent the money on proven guys. But the problem I'm going to have is if Kirby misses out on Jordan Humphreys, the wide receiver that was supposed to be a 110 percent lock to go to Georgia, the Vanderbilt uh, um, freshman wide receiver. He visited this past weekend, and now all of a sudden, it's not a done deal. And then also, uh, Travis Etienne, Etienne. He's expected. He was expected to go to Georgia, like everybody, even Andy Staples, who doesn't even make predictions for for recruiting and transfer stuff. He was pointing out the fact that he Etienne is supposed to, is expected to go to Georgia, and now that's possibly not going to happen either. And so that that's that's actually what I'm going to probably be more concerned about is if, you know, Kirby showing how he is willing to pay for proven guys. If he miss, if, if he's willing to pay for these proven guys and still misses out on them, um, on, especially on the transfer guys, like that's, that's what will be yeah. concerning for me. Um, is there anything you want to add or anything like that? No, I think we're, I think we're in the right direction. It's just sort of feels like a concerning moment or time right now not that it'll last it'll hopefully it will pass and everything will be hunky-dory because georgia you know makes a good counter move it's 18 year olds what can you do yes and 18 year olds are fickle 
within within an hour time span, they go from angry to happy to sad to hungry. So, you know, I, yeah, I, and, and then you're putting, you know, in some cases, millions of dollars out in front of them. Yep. And you, and, you, and, you, and you include the emotional weight of I get to provide for mom and dad, right? Like, you know, and that's fa- going to be in some cases and some people are pulling yeah. you. Aunts and uncles are pulling you in different directions and do this and do that. And not everybody's being the right kind of supportive. And yeah, it's a, it is a these kids are kind of in a pressure cooker in, in a lot of ways. Um, I will say this, too. It is just really and you already mentioned it, but just it's just so weird that he they moved to Buford so he could be closer to Georgia. And yeah, it, maybe all this is is just a, you know, I'm sure Steve Wiltfong has been wrong on crystal balls before. I don't know what his percentage is on being right, but I'm sure he's been wrong before. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, and 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 again, you know, uh, I, if it if it's true and that it is it, it's not money related, I can't fault the kid. You know, I like. You know, a lot of people. Yeah, like because because also a lot of people say, why would anyone want to go to Nebraska instead of go to, you know, go to Georgia, a proven program? Well, people like I I don't know if y'all know this, but like Nebraska actually, you know, 10, 10 years ago was a was a great program. Um, Them joining the Big Ten ended up being the problem for them, but they have tons of money. They have the resources. They could be a great program again. And. Matt Rule being the the great coach that he is, you and I loved that hire for Nebraska, knowing that he's an elite recruiter as well. Like we said that he had that he would be he would have an opportunity to do this, to 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 make waves, make changes at Nebraska. And man, I I I've never been recruited uh to this degree. Like whenever like when it came to soccer, like it wasn't like this, you know? But it, to, to have a school offer you big money and say, hey, you get to play with your uncle and also you get to be a part of a culture change and possibly turning a school's trajectory around. I mean, you got to think the arrogance and ego of these guys like it. It talks to that. It speaks to that. Right. Yeah, I can be the savior. I can be the, exactly. the guy that this is all built around and I can be the guy and I'm going to be the the cornerstone. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, Spencer. Uh, we, we can move on. I'm sorry. Okay. So, uh, transfer portal, or would you like to talk NCAA's proposal of a new college football subdivision? All right. Let's let's talk about that because I find that to be the least interesting of the two. Um, but I'll let I've, you ex- I'll let you explain to the listeners what's going on there. So, NCAA President Charlie Baker is planning to introduce this week a proposal to create a new subdivision within Division One that grants certain schools more autonomy around policymaking and permits them to compensate athletes in a new and, and profound way. In a letter sent to Division One members obtained by Yahoo Sports, Baker outlines a groundbreaking and radical change to the NCAA Division One athletics model, describing it as a new forward-looking framework. According to Baker's proposal, schools that choose to be a part of the new subdivision, they can opt in or out, are required to meet a strict minimum standard rooted in athletic uh, athlete investment. Members of the new subdivision will be permitted to strike name, image, and likeness deals with their own athletes, a significant move away from current NIL structure. However, the most important 
or excuse me, the most impactful benefit of this new model is a framework in which schools can directly compensate athletes through a trust fund. Schools within the new subdivision will be required to distribute to athletes thousands of dollars in additional um, educationally related funds without limitation. There is no cap on the amount of funds that a program can provide to an athlete. I think that's a, a decent spark part uh, to stop at. There's obviously a lot more uh, involved and you can go and read uh, in different places, but essentially this seems like an NCAA proactive kind of response, an NCAA trying to say, hey, big college football, don't leave us. We're trying to figure out a way that we can maybe make this work within our own framework. That's obviously the big thing that's rung here because Rob, for most of the time, and you and I have done it now through this is 150 some odd episodes, you and I have done it plenty of times and anybody else who follows college football in a hardcore manner has done it. The NCAA's just kind of been a punching bag and not much of anything else. They've reacted to everything. They've been proactive on virtually nothing. Mark Emmert has been a joke. The NCAA has been a joke. There's no teeth. There's no whatever. And at least here we go with someone trying to save the NCAA in some kind of way. Um, there's a really good chance that this probably isn't going to go anywhere. It's probably too little too late. Yeah. But I thought, hey, here's here's something that the NCAA can say, hey, we're at least trying and who knows? Maybe something can can work here because there is part of that that read there would be uh, the people who who jump in on this will be involved in the rulemaking of what this new subdivision would look like. So if you know all of yeah. the SEC said, yeah, we're we're jump in, then all of those athletic directors and presidents and whoever else could be on the groundwork of the framework of what this could be. Now is and I know I'm saying a lot here before I'm letting you go. That's okay. Is would that be more appealing to Greg Sankey and the SEC and the Big Ten? And would that be more appealing to them to try to figure out something within the framework? Or would it just be easier to separate themselves? And when you say something like Title IX, it's probably easier to just separate yourself. Yeah. Because Title IX makes things really, really tricky. Yeah. And, and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, right? Like you wouldn't, you nope, wouldn't say not it's a bad, bad thing. thing. Uh, it it no, just no, no. can yeah it just it can call, it can scramble things up a little bit more than you probably want it to right um, because the money you're bringing in if mm -hmm. you're spending if you're spending money on Brock Bowers well you also got to spend money on the soccer player the female soccer player the female yeah. softball player or gymnastics uh, athlete whatever it is you have to do those things equally um yeah. so that would be whatever new policies they come up with. How do you get around Title IX? How would you be able to say Iowa's going to offer their football player this much money or they're going to give Caitlin Clark this much money over here? How do you figure out the football player, the rest of the basketball team, the softball team? How do you figure all that out? And that, that'll, be, that'll be tricky. Yeah. Um, do you have any other... Well, I mean, this? 
it, it just made me think like the, the way it's described, it's almost like a country club. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that, like they're creating a country club for, for colleges to be a part of, to make themselves available, to be able to spend more money. Um, but again, like you said, like, I, I just don't, I don't think that this is the right answer right now. Maybe, maybe it was the, maybe it was the right answer a couple of years ago, but just now where we're at, I, 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 like you said, I think it's too little too late. Um, but Hey, I mean, you finally, you finally tried to do something. You just, you stuck your head. Like, I mean, I hate to turn this around negative on them, but you, you stuck your head in the mud and you let all this crap happen. You know, for over a year and a half, you 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 let Congress slap you around a little bit and tell you to get right. And, you know, you know, you handle it. And this is the best they could come up with. And I just I I hate it for him. Actually, I don't know. I don't hate it for him. I just kind of want this to go ahead and be over with so we can go ahead and move on and and get to a world where these two or three or maybe four big conferences separate themselves and they start handling things the right way. And they have a commissioner of college football. Um, so yeah, that's where, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Yahoo's got a really, uh, a really good article. Um, uh, each school that joins the subdivision will be required to invest at minimum 30,000 per year per athlete into what is termed as an educational an enhanced educational trust fund for at least half of the school's countable athletes. Schools will determine when athletes receive the amount, which for four-year athletes will total at least $120,000. Uh, schools most must continue to abide by the framework of Title IX, assuring that 50% of the investments uh, be directed towards women athletes so um there's obviously courts that will be brought up here as well i know bud elliott was discussing that earlier this week and that'll be a part of all this and that i think that's part of where title nine comes into play and it becoming a difficult deal uh, it might just be easier for the football programs essentially when that's what rob was mentioning there the football programs themselves kind of just break away and yep. do something different I've I've heard them I've heard them discuss it. I'm just not I don't have the details enough to be able to go into it a whole lot. But yeah, you know that breaking away thing is still very much on the table, and it might just be easier, an easier deal. So yeah, all right, Robbo, um, the transfer portal, the big names, who's going where? I know some people have already. Uh, hit on some places, and is there a specific spot when it comes to the transfer portal that you would like to start with, or how would you like to approach transfer portal talk? Well, I, I don't, I don't want to talk. Like, here's what I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about the big. Like, I, I think some people would want to lean into. Oh, look how many you know. Georgia's got 15 kids who have decommitted or who are entered the transfer portal. And then you look at like the team who just beat Georgia and Alabama, who's only got like three or, you know, these other teams in the, in the playoff who, who don't have a lot. I, I just would say this folks do not expect 
do not expect a big um or I'm sorry, don't expect a splash in the transfer portal from those schools until after the playoff. Um because they are gonna yeah. they want to see if their team's gonna win the title. Um Georgia has not um Georgia has lost 14 players in in the portal. I think only two were not expected. The rest, for the most part, were expected. Um, and and but then but then also uh, look, looking at you know Georgia is supposed to be going after a few guys, but nothing concrete. So, Mr. what I want to talk about to you is when you're looking at the quarterbacks, when you're looking at these dudes who are just who are listed in the transfer portal. Excuse me. Um, I'm going to try to bring some of them up right now. Uh, like who stands out to you? Like, I mean, imagining it's the quarterbacks, but like who stands out to you, um, whether they've already committed to another school or whether you expect them to, um, who stands out to you? Like, I guess, quarterback wise. So at first I was thinking, boy, wouldn't it be interesting to see Will Rogers head over to USC? Now, that wasn't based in anything other than just wouldn't it be interesting for Will Rogers to have one last hoorah out with the Trojans, who probably could use a quarterback as a stopgap with Caleb Williams leaving for the NFL. I don't know what their quarterback situation is behind him and what they've got coming in from recruiting and yada, yada, yada. But part of me said, man, Will Rogers from the pure air raid go over to lincoln riley who's very familiar with the air raid and and the purity of it and then transitioning him over into what he does now with his more balanced attack from those principles and then you know just sticking will rogers in there um that was something that was off the rip when i heard his name go into the portal i thought man him and usc could be an interesting fit now i see that he's headed to Washington, which could be equally as fitting, go in there and launch into what they're doing and uh, continue to throw the ball all over the yard. Now, you might not have the, um, I don't know what the receivers are going to look like for him going forward, and that was another thing that was appealing about USC was, boy, and you know you're going to be able to throw to some talented players. So that was uh, that was something that was exciting early on, but I do see that he's Washington I'm interested in the Dylan Gabriel move to Oregon because, again, you're thinking the first thing that popped off in my mind was, oh, yeah, you know, Bo Nix goes to Oregon and, you know, resurrects his career and goes out on a high note with some Heisman hype over two years and right there competing for Pac-12 championships and yada, yada, yada. You're walking into a different Oregon. Same thing for for Will Rogers. You're walking into a different Washington, a different schedule that those teams are going to be playing. So, um, those things will definitely be interesting. Those are at least two things to get us started here that have popped off about um, the quarterback part of the transfer portal. Yeah, l- l- since you brought him up specifically, let me let me let's talk about Dylan Gabriel. I, I don't know if I'm as excited about Dylan Gabriel going to Oregon as I, I see other people. Yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of right there with you. I don't. I don't like know if I, he is. I, th- yeah. This is going to sound really bad, okay? Uh, Spencer, you watch basketball, um, or you know, you watch NBA. Some I've seen it. 
you, you'll get you'll get this reference. But like me and my friend Zach Anderson, we we have this we have this bit with each other where we kind of make fun of James Harden. Um, we make fun of, we make fun of James Harden for saying like uh like saying that he he scores a bunch of points, but he never wins. He never wins whenever you need him to. Hmm. And I kind of feel like that's what Dylan Gabriel is. Like he, which just really quick, just because I just saw it, Steve Wilfong's recruiting like numbers. He's at he's ninety ninety one point six percent accurate. Oh no, kidding! Because we were just talking about that a few minutes ago. <laughs> so Dylan, I mean Dylan's gone. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Dylan, Dylan's gone. He's at Nebraska. Just go ahead and wrap <laughs> that up, then. Ninety-one percent on recruiting, on recruiting judgment calls, and and for those that don't know who Steve Wolfong is, he is the lead. He is the lead uh, director of football recruiting at twenty-four-seven Sports. Like this dude knows. Like it's like him, Bud Elliott, and then that's the two guys. Like those two guys, like know know this stuff more than anybody. Uh, and for him, ninety-one percent. Jeez, Louise. Um, but since they're like, I, I just, I, I think I like Dylan, Dylan Gabriel. Like, I thought he was, I thought he was good at UCF. I thought, I, I thought he was better at UCF than he was at at Oklahoma. I just think he played in more, more prolific games at Oklahoma because of where he was playing. I, I have a concern about Oregon's quarterback room if they're having to go back to back, or you know, back to back quarterbacks of using. The transfer portal. Would you agree with that? Like, or is that just the culture we're in, and I just need to change the way that I view the quarterback position? Well, and and, you know, Dan comes from uh, from Georgia, where maybe he does a lot more focusing his time and energy and the big bucks on defense and other things. And hey, we're going to go try to. It's not the worst thing in the world to say, hey, we want to go get some experience. You know, you're a brand new head coach. At a brand new program that's got not brand new program, but you're a brand new head coach and you got a lot of things going. We want to kind of secure the quarterback position with some stability. And that's kind of where that would come into play, I think, the most part for these guys. Let's go get Bo Nix, who's played plenty of football. Let's go get Dylan Gabriel, who's played plenty of football. Both of those guys with a lot of snaps under their belt. You would think the kind of recruiter Dan Lanning is he'll get somebody in there to from the high school ranks, but that yeah. transfer portal part of it is just, Hey, we can go get a guy with a ton of experience. You, like you said, that might be the, that might be more of just, Hey, this is the, this is the culture. Now, this is what we can do. We don't have to, we can bring on freshmen and let them sit for a minute and go get really experienced guys. That might be the, that might be the, Talk of the town now. Yeah, I, I just again, I just, I just don't know if it's a great. I'm not even saying. I'm not I don't saying foresee a, I'm, it to continue. Yeah. for Oregon, I think at some yeah. point they're going to have to bring in. You know, um, is the Ty Simpson kid still there? No, Ty Simpson. He actually entered the transfer portal today. Like, and that that's more to my point. Like, what is going on with the development? of quarterbacks at a school like Oregon or, or even, or even FSU who's expected to go after another transfer quarterback who, and, and a lot of people don't realize this Jordan Travis was a transfer quarterback as well, or look at Notre Dame. 
Notre Dame's going apparently going to be getting Riley Leonard, another transfer quarterback. Kentucky is t- taking on Brock Vandergriff. They took in they took in another uh, another uh, quarterback today in the transfer portal as well. After just taking uh, Devin Leary uh, this year, yeah, you know, I, I just. Uh, or and then Washington is supposed to take Will Rogers, who just had Michael Penix. W- w- is the is the process or the 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 concept of developing quarterbacks at a school just going to be lost for for some of the? Because these are not these are not small schools. Like Washington is in the freaking playoff. Oregon played in the, for the playoff this year. Uh, Kentucky is an SEC school. Notre Dame is is one of is an elite school as well. Uh, you like, and there's probably other schools that I'm not even thinking about right now that, or oh, in FSU that they should have been in the playoff. Like Spencer, do you see my point of what I, what I mean here? Like, oh, I don't know, absolutely. It's, it, and it, I think there is a, I think the basketball world is is very much involved in this, at least to a degree. Here at VSU, we've got a head coach that doesn't do a ton of high school recruiting for his basketball team. He wants guys that are uh, transfers that are coming in with two or three years of eligibility but have played basketball, have been on the court, are knowing things, are not guys that you have to teach this next level to. Um, And that's going to be appealing about this transfer portal to a lot of these coaches. We can bring in Bo and Dylan who have got countless snaps under their belt. I mean, how many games did Bo play for Auburn? And how many games has Will Rogers played for uh, Mississippi State? Like, these guys have just played a lot of football. And if we can get guys to come in here who already know so much and we only have to teach them certain aspects of our system and the younger guys can sit and wait for a little bit, then, then that might be the case. And some of this is a uh, which came first, the chicken or the egg, I think, because, well, all of our quarterbacks are transferring out. Our young guys are transferring out, so we got to bring somebody in. Let's go get the, you know, so, so it's kind of like a which came first situation. Ty Simpson's transferring out. We got to fill that spot. Why not fill it with, we got to fill it now, so let's go fill it with a guy who knows what he's doing. Yeah, and then you, you look at, you know, all – you know, the Dylan Rayola situation. Dylan Rayola situation aside, you, you you also have Ohio State, who's in a very unique situation because they lost Kyle McCord. You know, like it, it just it like if you look at this situation, like I'm looking at these quarterbacks right now. Like we haven't even talked about Aiden Childs, Childs, who was Oregon's like he would have been Oregon State Oregon State's quarterback had DGU not transferred in, and. And, and you know they had a great year. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash DJU. I'm I'm so glad that he was able to switch his career, so to speak. But like, he's in the transfer portal too, isn't he? I think yes. he is. Like, yes, he he's transferred out. Tyler Van Dyke transfer transfer portal. Grayson McCall is, is in the transfer portal. Like, and, and for those of you, like some of you are like Robbie, who who are these people you're listing? I, what I'm listing here is I'm listing starting quarterbacks for teams. That are expect we're expected to be the starter next year if they say to their school. Now, now I understand why Dylan Gabriel transferred out because um that they had uh um Jackson Arnold who, who apparently is just gonna be the dude. Like like I, I could really go through this. Uh, Aiden Childs, 
he his coach left and apparently he left in a really like weird way and now apparently everyone in Corvallis hates Jonathan Jonathan Smith after loving him. Dante Moore. Dante Moore got injured. He didn't get to play a lot. He he probably can make more money somewhere else. Cam Ward is Cam Ward is probably leaving Washington State because he wants to actually play in a power five conference next year. Will Howard, he's supposed to be expect he's gonna be uh expected to be uh replaced by Avery Jones next year. Riley Leonard is is one that I kind of didn't understand why he left unless he, he he knew Mike Elko was leaving. Um, so Spencer, like looking at all this list and, and the list could go on of why these guys are leaving. Who is the one quarterback that isn't projected somewhere yet that you, or actually he may be, who's the quarterback that you think can make the biggest impact for next year's team? Um, Cam Ward, probably. Okay. Man, let me ask you this. a lot of football. Yeah. Like, Okay. High in the sky. Where would you want to see him play? Because I think I agree with you. It'd be a lot of fun to see him at Ohio State. Yeah. Um, set him up with all that. Um, set him up with all those, you know, talented receivers. And I know Marvin Harrison will be moving on, and other people too. But maybe, you know, Cam Ward can unlock, you know, get them back to that level throwing the football. Um. I think you're probably going to need to polish him up a little bit in certain ways because I know at Washington State there were times where maybe he wasn't, you know, the end-all, be-all. He didn't necessarily – maybe he wasn't as consistent as you would have liked him to be. Uh, but, man, the, the ceiling of Cam Ward sounds pretty interesting. And you take him to a place like Ohio State where they can continue to work with him, work on him, and, you know, polish up his game, that maybe is the – that's one of the big ones uh, as well. Yeah, well, that you is and I, my answer. Yeah, you you and I have been huge fans of him. Uh, the moment we found out he was he was moving up um, to Washington State, and and he's had he's been okay. He's just he unfortunately transferred to a school that had did not have a really good team around him, right? Um, so sir, I I think I agree with you, man. I I would love to see. I think because because I know I, like we have a known product to a degree. I, I think you're right that Cam Ward might be the right answer, or if we can get we can get two seasons ago Tyler Van Dyke. If two seasons ago Tyler Van Dyke, if if someone if someone can open that up again and he could go off oh, Spencer, if Tyler Van Dyke again could could open back up to what he used to be and go to Michigan. Like that Michigan squad could be like, because he is kind of a game changer, or he was two again two two years ago was kind of a game changer, you know, at quarterback. I think I would like to see that. Yeah, and and part of you thinks too because you saw or the the confusion is there, or the doubt I guess in my mind is there because, mm-hmm. like it was one thing for Bo Nix to go to Oregon and play mm-hmm. out in the Pac-12, and sure things have improved out there, and that was a much better conference this past year. But maybe the Pac-12 was still, while it was more competitive, maybe the athletes just weren't, they still aren't East Coast athletes out there. And yeah. not that they're slow and this isn't a them versus, uh, you know, this side of the country kind of thing. But you're not playing against SEC caliber teams week in and week out. Maybe the game's just not as fast out there. But now if you're going to Oregon or you're going to Washington, well, now you're playing against the Big Ten. 
And that's not to say the Big Ten's the, you know, some sort of leaps and bounds. Yeah. But it is Ohio State. It is Michigan. It is going to be a, a an Iowa team that is much better coached on defense than maybe you faced in a lot of ways. It is, I think, going to be a, a step up in competition week in and week out. And so part of it kind of makes you think, yeah, okay, go go for it, I guess. But who's to say you're going to have this this turnaround like what Bo Nix did or Joe Burrow did or yeah. Burrow did it against SEC opponents. But yeah. still, the, the like, point remains. Yes. That, Keep going. I'm sorry. But no, no, no. You're good to go. I, I just was going to add, like, I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, you look at this quarterback situation and yeah, it is a different, it's a different ball game, you know? And also, since we can talk about like, man, we can talk about the awesome story of Penix and Burrow and, and, um, and Bo Nix, but Spencer, how many, that's like, that's what, four, how many, how many horror stories can we give you? (laughs) How many horror stories can we give you about quarterbacks transferring to schools that were supposed to be prolific and they ended up not being great at all? You know, like the statistically speaking, not a lot. Like a lot of times, these quarterbacks they show you who they are prior to their transfer, and the, yes, the situation may help them, but rarely have we seen situations like those guys. You know, and outside of Joe Burrow, like Penix, Bonix, and DJ U, like all of them went out to the Pac-12. And and I'm I, that that's not me bashing them. Out. I think the Pac-12 was the best conference in the country this year. But then you like look ahead, like I I'm trying to I'm I'm literally looking at this list right now, and I'm trying to see who could be the next like Ponix or Michael Penix. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see that. Me neither. Um, I think some people would maybe say, uh. Oh, where is he? I had him here. Oh, AJ Swan from Vanderbilt. Uh, I, I could see that because the kid does have tools, have the tools to be really good. Um, some people may say Brock Vandergriff. Um, yeah, I and, just, and maybe it's Max Max Johnson heading to yep. North Carolina. Maybe that's maybe good, the ACC becomes yeah. that new place where maybe the game isn't as filled with the kind of speed that just throws off a Max Johnson. That just throws off a Bo Nix. That's yeah. just they're just too fast for those guys. And maybe the ACC can be that new ground. Maybe the Big Twelve, in some ways, can be that new ground where, hey, you go to Oklahoma and you just you, you rock out because the game's just slightly slower, and it's just enough for Bo Nix to get his head out uh, above the water and start making some headway. Yeah, or or Cam Ward or Max Johnson or maybe it's Will Howard that leaves over to the Big Twelve, which I guess he's in. He was at the Kansas State, but you get what I mean. Um, the, the Riley Leonard move to to Notre Dame is interesting. Yes, uh, I do think Leonard's probably needs to be somewhere that's going to be able to utilize his legs, but at the same time, utilize a, a run game to give him play action stuff to sort of scheme open things for him to do with his arm. Cause he needs, it sounds like he needs some polishing through the air. Um, they kind of seem to struggle with that there at, at, at Duke, even when he was healthy. Yeah. Like I, his, I was, you know, you and I both, I mean, a lot of people were very high on Sam Hartman to, to, uh, 
to Notre Dame. I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that there's been so much like super positivity about him going. Cause like, I, I like, yes, I know he got injured and, and that hurt him, but he's not the best thrower of the football. Like it, it's kind of like, he is kind of just a playmaker at quarterback. And if he can't throw the ball, he's going to take off running. And that's kind of what got him injured last year, this past season. Um, like, did, uh, yeah, the fact that? that he's a yes, the fact that he's a running quarterback isn't necessarily ooh ooh and ah, yeah, because it's gotten him injured. And the thing that seems to be holding Notre Dame back last year was the throw game. Now, maybe you say to yourself, you know what? That's not our system. We don't need to be throwing the football because we're just, that's not what we want to do. We don't scheme that stuff open very well. And this needs to be who we are. We're just going to run the football and we'll do some play action stuff and we'll scheme, you know, only so much with the throw game. And then we'll, this is just, we'll be who we are. And this is who we are. And this fits more. And we're not going to try to stick a square peg into a round hole like we did with Sam Hartman. And we're, this is more our identity. Maybe that's the case. Maybe that's what, uh, Coach Freeman is is thinking over there in uh, in South Bend. So we'll see. But yeah, it's kind of like you're gonna have to ask him to throw the football because you can't beat the guy up um, week in and week out because you already have seen, you know, you pound on a guy long enough and it's it's gonna start breaking. Um. Yeah. I know. I agree with you. Um. Since G- is there anything else like quarterback wise? Cause I, cause I really only had like two position groups that I, oh, I had two position groups and I had a couple of players specifically I wanted to talk about. Um, but is there anything quarterback wise that you wanted to make mention of? Um, no, I am interested on the Brock Vandergriff to, uh, Kentucky that happened pretty quick. I think Brock got in and got out pretty fast. Apparently this has been secured him from what I was told that, that conversation has been going on for weeks, which is just so weird to me that, and this is a friend who works at the school, like works at Georgia, told me this, like they know this, they're okay with this. And his name was not even in the portal when it was happening. So it it just goes back to show like it it is a, it's the purge (laughs) of recruiting out there right now. So. Yeah, we'll see. What was the other uh, position group you wanted to look at? Just just wide receiver real quick. Um, just because there were some interesting names in there. Uh, London Humphreys already mentioned about Vandy. You know, Antoine Wells, he's a uh, South Carolina dude who's a baller. Expected to go to Ole Miss. Man, Ole Miss is about to have one of the best wide receiver rooms in the country this next year. But there were some names, Spencer, that really did catch me off guard that went into the portal. Um, Dion Bur- Burks, Julian Fleming. Uh, you had already mentioned Jake Johnson, or you mentioned his brother, but Jake Johnson tied in from uh, from Texas A&M is in there. Will Shepard from Vanderbilt, Ja'Cory Brooks, uh, Raymond Cottrell um, famously switched from Georgia to A&M on signing day. Um, he is going to Kentucky. Um, and, like any of those names pop off to you? Like, did it make you raise an eyebrow like to me for some of those names? Um, yeah, Julian Fleming was pretty, was kind of like, okay. Um, but I also get the impression that something in that wide receiver room has shifted at Ohio state 
because it kind of felt like Marvin Harrison was it. And maybe some of it was just Kyle McCord just couldn't access, just didn't have enough. You couldn't be as he just, whatever it was, his limitations held things back. So on on one end, I'm thinking, well, where's Julian Fleming at? Is he not as, is he not what we thought he was going to be? Or is it Julian Fleming saying, I'm getting the heck out of here. I don't know what the quarterback situation is going to look like. And we're focusing more defensively. And this isn't going to be as throw the ball around like it has been. Or maybe yeah. he says, we don't have the quarterback to do that anymore. And I want to go be in a place like that. And so it's kind of hard to tell exactly where this is going because you would think Julian Fleming, part of the best wide receiver room, Marvin Harrison, Fleming didn't seem to be much of a, much of a threat this past this past season for yeah. it, it felt like it was Harrison and then the the tight end yeah and and it was also interesting about this too Spencer it was like that to talk about a team for a second it just kind of seemed like Ohio State lost a bunch of dudes really quick right like did it feel like that for you too uh yes like I, I need to find it real quick if I can. Ohio State. Yeah, Fleming had two. Yeah, while you look for that, Fleming had 26 catches for 227 yards. That's 10 yards a pop and did not catch a touchdown this past year. Yeah, I, I think this now, I think this happened. This all happened within a week. Kyle McCord left. Evan Pryor, uh, former, uh, former five-star running back, uh, he entered the portal. Then Chip... Trey Trayum Trey Trayum uh five star running back uh for Ohio State he two days later went to the portal then a few days later after that Will Harston went in then receiver wise over that span too Julian Fleming and Joe Royer who were both five stars as we already talked about now you talked about the production of of Julian Fleming probably being a, a hindrance there which I agree with but like just over a span of a week this entire like this entire offensive like offensive uh skill position for uh for Ohio State just kind of went into the portal and it was just it was just weird that's all yeah um all right Spencer uh let me see if I can find the top players okay Robert just, Lewis is headed to Auburn mm-hmm. the talented uh player there from Georgia State you know Auburn is uh yeah Auburn's uh, kicking some stuff around, it seems like. Dude, I, I found it last year, too, by the way. Uh, last year we were doing, or no, before the season started, we were doing the Pac-12 preview. And before we started the Pac-12 preview, I had like a public service announcement for everybody. And it was that Ole Miss under Hugh, Hugh Freeze was going to be an elite problem for the rest of the country. And boy, if that hasn't shown. <laughs> uh, all, yeah, all, Auburn. Just what did I, did I, did I say, speak incorrectly? I think you said. I think you said. I think you said Ole Miss. Either Auburn, way. I'm sorry, Auburn. I I meant Auburn, obviously. But right, of course. but he, uh, yeah, man, he um, he's crushing it. He's already flipped two play, two Georgia players. He's flipped a couple of Bama players. Um, he's getting he's getting guys left and right. If he can just get his quarterback, um, you know, we'll see what happens. I I still think I, I still think at the end of the day, Hugh Freeze, while being an elite. Uh, offensive play caller Hugh Freeze is still going to be that coach who loses a game or two that he probably shouldn't lose, um, as we saw before the week before the Bama game. <clears throat> um, so, so anyway, um, Spencer, that's kind of all I had for the transfer portal. Uh, was was there anything else that you wanted to kind of like dive into for a minute? 
Yeah, I just wanted to mention Robert Lewis, that player from Georgia State, headed to Auburn. 70 catches this past year, eight, almost 900 yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, that's going to be the kind of player that's headed over there to to be a part of that offense that we know can be pretty explosive. So, um, Also, I'm looking at two, two Notre Dame transfer portal pools at the receiver position, Bo Collins uh, from Clemson, and then I also saw – uh, Chris Mitchell, who's a player from FIU, headed to uh, headed to Notre Dame as well uh, at the receiver spot. So it's kind of like, okay, now they've they've lost maybe one or two guys at that position too. But you still think to yourself, all right, um, Notre Dame's trying to not only replenish but maybe improve that receiver room a little bit because uh, I know we talked at least at least times last year where it was like receiver room got beat up at times and that might have changed the way they could throw the football. So as we're we're talking earlier about Riley Leonard fitting in a little bit more to just running and being a part of, uh, you know, a, a limited throw game or a throw game that they don't want to get too crazy with. Here they are, uh, you know, shopping the portal at least uh, at the wide receiver position there in South Bend. Yeah, man. Um. Oh, sorry, did not mean to do that to you. Um. It oh, Josh does. Kelly was the other receiver from Washington State. Josh Kelly had a couple of really big games this past year for, um, for the, uh, for the Wildcats. So it'll be interesting to see him, uh, see where he lands as, um, as as a receiver that is in the portal. Yeah, see if I can find um, his numbers for this past year. Uh, to, to, I mean to add to it. To uh, you know, just little players here or there. Like Walter Nolan, unfortunately, is not going to Georgia. You know, um, he he is he's he's demanding a lot of money, um, rightfully so. The kid's a baller. Um, he is that he is that dude that uh, he is that Jalen Carter, you know, um, Jordan Davis type player. Uh, for those that don't know. And he is a dude. He is very much a dude. And uh, th- there's just a lot of – there's so much talent right now in this pool in, in this pool of players. And what's crazy is give it about a month and let these playoffs get over with, these bowl games get over with, and I just think it's going to be even more. Um, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm spent, Spence. I'm out. All righty, very good. Well, um, that ought to do it for – this episode be sure to like rate review and subscribe we'll catch you on the flip-flop later later